Welcome to The Recap, the part of Pastoring Out Loud where we recap the previous week's sermon. I'm here with Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Nick. (laughs) And we are not at church today. In fact, we're not even in Minnesota. (laughs) Where are we? We are in a hotel room in Kansas. Yes, we're in Kansas. I wanted to say Nebraska, but we're not in Nebraska. Nope. Um, So, yeah, but we are... We're still recapping the sermon. So this last week we were in Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. So what what was this about? (laughs) This is the letter to the church in Pergamum. Uh, The church in Pergamum was... uh, So Pergamum was a city that was the first city to have a temple built to to the emperor. Uh, it was a city that had a, a large area f- with a throne room of Zeus, had all sorts of other, uh, yeah, all sorts of other gods they worshipped, and all sorts of persecution for that worship. Um, to the point that uh, Jesus calls it um, the place where Satan dwells, where Satan's throne is, and we know that there was a martyr here in Antipas, and so a hard place. Hard place to be a Christian economically, a hard place to be a Christian socially, a hard place to be a Christian and not be on the receiving end of persecution and suffering. And so, like we've seen in lots of the letters, um, the introduction is Jesus saying the words of him was the sharp two-edged sword. Um, so we always talk about how the introduction kind of gives us a glimpse of the feeling going into the letter. And so this is a mainly a warning. It's mainly a warning to this church in Pergamum. They have held fast to the name of Jesus in some ways. They've stayed faithful even in the midst of martyrdom, and yet he has a few things against them. Um, Some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. Some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And he says, therefore repent, if not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. And so, though they've been faithful in some ways, clinging to the name of Jesus in a place and a time that was against the name of Jesus, they've begun to tolerate sin. I take this sin to be uh, the sin of sexual immorality mixed with idolatry, probably both in the cultic worship that was happening there, um, maybe also just in the the culture of just kind of a an immoral culture. If we go back and look at Balaam and what he kind of was responsible for enticing Israel to do back in Numbers 25, Numbers 31, he was responsible for them um, taking the wives of another culture and then worshiping their gods. And I think that's what's happening here is that lust and immorality are mixing with idolatry in some pretty crude and ugly ways. And the church, either for reasons of apathy, you know, just easier to fit in, or for reasons of just kind of indulgence, uh, you know, it feels good, and so let's make excuses for it, are beginning to give in to these lustful pleasures and this idolatry, and therefore, though they've been faithful in some ways, have this pretty serious warning that Jesus stands over them with a, a sword. Um, and... If they will endure and 
not give in and follow Jesus and be faithful in him in all these ways, abstain and cling on to better things. He says to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. I take that to mean daily satisfaction, daily pleasure leading to eternal satisfaction and pleasure mm-hmm. that's better than the things of this world. Yeah. And I'll give him a white stone, which I take to mean um, an acquittal. He'll declare them innocent. Uh, back in those days, in the courtroom, they would often give a black or a white stone, depending on guilt or innocence. And so I think he's saying, I'm going to satisfy you. I'm going to say you're not guilty, even though the world condemns you. And you're going to have my name written on you. Um, so that you'll be with me forever. Um, and so that, that's, that's a summary of what's going on in Pergamum. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you mentioned that part about you'll have a new name, and you yeah. said that you think that that's basically you'll have the name of Jesus. Yeah. In, in what way can we say that our name is Jesus? You know, you know what I mean? It's like in, in one sense yeah. when you just say it, it seems kind of strange to say that. Yeah. Um, so how is that, how is that true? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that um, like everyone's going to call me Jesus, right? Yeah, new heavens and new earth. Yep. But I think that I'm going to be identified with him so much that I say I belong to him. His name is is written on me. I, I I'm uh, a happy member of the family. So like in three twelve, later on it says, "The one who conquers, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God." I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, my own new name. So that's an example of this new name. Um, As you turn to chapter uh, 19, uh, verse uh, 12, his eyes are like a flame of fire on his head are many diadems, and he has a a name written that no one knows but himself. That's talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, that's verse 16. Um, and then uh, in chapter, I'm trying to find it here, flipping through my Bible. But there's another place in chapter 20 or 21 um, where it talks about us having a new name. Um, and so I take all of that to mean, uh, I said this in the, in the service, it's not like, you know, everyone's going to call me Dave in the new heavens and new earth, and I'm just going to kind of giggle because I know that's not my real yeah, name. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but that we're all going to be identified as those who have conquered by the blood of the Lamb, who have clung to Him by faith, who have abstained um, from the dragon-fueled beastly systems that have tried to tempt us and uh, persecute us, and said that we've clung to Jesus, and therefore Jesus says they're mine. Yep. And... Uh, our name, you know, another place in Revelation, our name's written in the eternal book of life. Yep. Um, and so I think that the name thing really is, how are you identified? Yeah. Yeah. Who do you belong to? Yep. That's good. It's almost, I'm just thinking about this right now, it's, it's almost like a last name. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your name's Dave and your wife's name is Kelly, but yeah. you're both Zuligers. Right. You know? Yep. And so that's your, that's how you're identified. Yeah. yeah. Like your family name. Yeah, it's a family name. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Well, anything else that you didn't have time to go into or that you want to go into more detail or anything like that? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I I would just say, I think it's, it's a, it's good to remember, um, that Jesus does warn believers. So this is a real warning. Yeah. And I think it's, we talk about, we've talked about this before, I know, and I've talked about it in sermons a lot. The way warnings land on true believers, so like Pergamum's gets this letter, I have a sword. I think the way it lands on true believers is, oh my, 
we've been walking away in the Holy Spirit that dwells inside them, right? Who is who is fueling the lampstands where Jesus is walking. Yep. Uh, the Holy Spirit says, oh yeah, I got to run away from that. I got to return to Jesus. Whereas, um, whereas those who are not filled with the Spirit are going to hear that warning and just go, oh well, you know, n- no big deal. I'm just going to continue on and, and see what happens. I really like my sin and um, I'm not willing to give it up yet. I also think that because he's writing a new church where some are faithful and some are not, that probably in view here, and I didn't have time to talk about it, is a kind of church discipline that would call those who are faithful, if these who are not faithful will not, uh, will not turn and repent. I think that the sword of his mouth is the word of God. And that word of God would commend these believers to say, we can no longer affirm your profession of faith and hmm. therefore... Yeah. To, to not pollute this church, we are going to cast you out of the church. Um, because there are some who are faithful, and there are some who are not. And so it's the, call, the, the role of those who are faithful. If those will not turn, you know, plead for repentance, hear the warning of Jesus. And if not, we can't, we can't say you belong. We can't say this, uh, this name belongs to you anymore. You can't, we, you know, it's, it's not up to us. We don't judge. Jesus is the ultimate judge. He has the sword, not us. But as those who have the keys of the kingdom... We would be those who would just say, man, uh, we love you too much to affirm you in your sin. Yeah. And therefore, we're praying for your repentance. But for now, until you, until you will repent, we've got to say goodbye. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, praying that we're a church that listens and um, hears the word and does it uh, appropriately here. Amen. Jesus is better. Better manna. Right? Better name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Dave. See ya.